Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Nsamo, joined with my co-host, Joseph Angelone. Joseph, it is game day against the very good Carolina Hurricanes. How are you feeling before we dive into tonight's pregame? You know what, Josh? It's good to be here. Uh, I'm feeling good today. You know, we got a couple guys coming off the all-star break. You got Mitch Marner, who hopefully can resume his little heater he's got going on. And you know what? Tough opponent or not, I'm confident in the Leafs tonight. So let's go. It is going to be one to watch. Freddie Anderson makes his return to Toronto. Going against Peter Morazic, will be playing his former team tonight. Uh, the numbers for the two, Freddie on the year is 24, 6, and 0. Uh, he holds a 2.01 goals against average with a 0.929 save percentage with one shutout on the year. Going against Maple Leafs, Peter Morazic, who's 5-2-0 with a 2.94 goals against average and a 0.902 save percentage. Uh, you know, the two goalies, they basically switch teams. Uh, you know, Freddie has had a master class season so far over there in Carolina. Uh, tell me, what are your initial thoughts on uh, Freddie Anderson and uh, his return to Scotiabank Arena tonight? Yeah, you know what? The stats show it. And honestly, just the way he looks in net, he looks like he's getting, gotten even better since the Leafs have moved on or since he's moved on from the Leafs. You know, he's a guy, you know, whether he's playing on the Leafs or not, it's always good to see him doing well. I love Freddie. I love what he had with the team and I want the best for him moving on. And you know what? This season is phenomenal. I think him and Campbell, which hopefully is a matchup we get to see later on in the year, uh, I think those two are some of the most standout goalies this year. Yeah, when we first saw those two go against each other, it was extremely early on in the year, and uh, Carolina certainly took it to the Leafs. Uh, that was a rough start to the season, so uh, I agree. I'd love to see you know a more modern matchup between the two because they have had very impressive seasons, both of them. And uh, I love both of them, you know, just as much. I, you know, I was a Freddie guy last year. That's my boy. But, you know, Campbell's had a great season as well. And I'm really rooting for both of them, honestly, because they are, you know, just, uh, you know, the people that bring hope to Maple Leafs goaltending. And we haven't had that in the past. Like, these two guys have really stepped in. And, um, you know, hopefully Mrazek, you know, we, we see him start to join that as well. He's, you know, played really good lately since, uh, you know, returning and playing more consistently. Um, you know, I think we have good goaltending right now. I'd certainly miss Freddie Anderson, but I think Freddie's numbers are inflated a bit given, you know, where he is playing right now. That Carolina hockey team is awesome. Uh, we are going to be having a special guest on the show, Roscoe from Late Night Leafs uh, and their podcast. Uh, we're excited for that to come. So uh, let's pause the Freddie Anderson talk because uh, we're going to ask for Roscoe's opinion on that. But um, you know, let's just preview the Carolina Hurricanes as a team before we introduce our guest, who we are excited to have. The Carolina Hurricanes are the fifth highest scoring team in the National Hockey League uh, with a 3.48 uh, 
average, which is, uh, you know, close to the Leafs. The Leafs are 3.6, so they're just behind. So both teams are, you know, really offensive. Um, sorry, the Leafs are ahead 3.6 uh, by 0.20. 0.20, they're ahead of Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, shots on goal. Uh, Carolina is all right. They're 12th in the league. Uh, the power play, though, is this is going to be a power play versus power play matchup. Toronto is first in the league, as I've mentioned on episodes prior, and the Carolina Hurricanes are tied for eighth. And uh, Carolina's power play, with the return of Tony D'Angelo, they have been killer. So I know currently they're eighth, but since D'Angelo's return and, you know, uh, D'Angelo's off the ice presence is, you know, been talked about for years on years. Uh, definitely not the best guy to be teammates with, but there is no denying his production is elite. And uh, for the price that the Carolina Hurricanes got him at, that was, you know, a fantastic move over there in Carolina uh, based on production. Uh, they're shooting. They actually shoot more than the Leafs. They're sixth in the league in, uh, you know, shots percentage. Um, they also are really good at faceoffs with the Leafs. So the Leafs are first, but Carolina is third. Uh, defensive stats, this is where it gets tough for the Leafs. Uh, Carolina is literally first in almost every single category on the defensive side of the puck. Uh, they're first in goals allowed. They're first in shots on goal allowed. They're first uh, in terms of penalty killing. And uh, they don't actually, sorry, they take a lot of penalty minutes, uh, penalty minutes, penalty minutes. Uh, but, you know, they're 18th in that category where the Leafs are second. So maybe there is an advantage there that the Leafs can, you know, uh, provide in this game tonight. Uh, in terms of the Leafs defensive stats, they're sixth in goals allowed. Uh, 12th in shots on goal allowed and uh, third on penalty killing percentage, which has gone up recently. They've been very good, but you know, Carolina has been absolutely amazing. Uh, Carolina on the road has a record of 15, five and one um, Toronto at home is 16, four and one. So both teams are, you know, these are two premier teams in the national hockey league. Uh, Carolina's won four straight. The Leafs have won five straight. Uh, the Leafs are, you know, the bigger team in average height, and wait but uh you know this is certainly not going to be an easy game for the Leafs this is a game that I think we're going to see a lot of what uh the Leafs future holds do you agree with that because a lot of people do say that this Carolina's team this Carolina team is you know the team to beat in terms of Stanley Cup contention yeah I I was just going to say this would be the only team that I see in the Eastern Conference putting up like we have competitors like Florida Tampa and Boston but I'm going to be honest, if it comes to it, I think Carolina will be the toughest opponent. You know, they're on it. They're such a great team. You know, they've built an amazing team over the past uh, four or five years. I think that's when they started building this insane team. You know, they get pieces here and there. Like one piece I want to point out who kind of seemed like a bit of an overpayment, kind of is, but he's still producing is Jesperi Kotkaniemi, you know. He's doing a little piece of work here and there. And, you know, the Carolina team, their, their depth is just insane. I Honestly, as an opponent, you don't want to see it, but you have to give them major respect because they have built a, a super team, I'm, I'm willing to say. Yeah, you know, they were criticized heavily in the offseason for some of their moves. Uh, they parted ways with uh, all-star defenseman stud, Dougie Hamilton, who, uh, you know, he hasn't had the greatest season, but he was an absolute monster for the Hurricanes. Um, I still consider him an all-star, even though he hasn't really played that much this year due to a broken jaw, but he's still an absolute stud. 
and uh, the New Jersey Devils paid him. But they went out and they brought in, like you said, Cockneyemi, uh, D'Angelo, I already mentioned, on a steal of a deal in terms of production. They also added Ian Cole, who's a really underrated depth defenseman who, you know, he's not maybe a top four guy anymore, but he's a stud on the third pairing. Uh, they brought in Ethan Bear as well. So this is a Carolina hockey team that they knew what they were doing. They have a, a system where it's, you know, pucks in deep. They're hard on the forecheck. Uh, they like to shoot the puck at a very good pace. Um, you know, their first line is dangerous. Uh, Svechnikov, Aho, and uh, usually it's Teravainen. Teravainen is a game-time call. Uh, you know, reports in Carolina have said that, you know, it doesn't look too likely, but if – Teravainen's in the lineup tonight. There is no quote, uh, I mean, no doubt that he is a piece to watch because he has had a great season. He, uh, you know, he's got the chemistry with Sebastian Ajo, who's their stud player over there in Carolina. And he is so fun to watch those two guys. And uh, they can score on any team at any given time in the game. So they're one to watch out for. Uh, the second line of Jordan Martinuk, Vincent Trocek, and Seth Jarvis. Jarvis. Uh, you know, in his rookie season, he's looked really good in Carolina. Uh, he's meshed well with Aho. He split up and down the lineup, but, uh, he, you know, he's a piece to watch. They got him in the draft uh, not too early. It was, I think, around the 10, 9, 8 mark. So yeah. That was a great pick. Um, Nino Niederreiter, Jordan Stahl, and Steven Lorenz in the third line. That third line is also extremely underrated. Uh, they bring a veteran presence in with Lorenz's play. Uh, you know, they are certainly not easy to play against. They, uh, they're very strong. And, uh, you know, for, veter for veterans in the National Hockey League, they actually move at a good pace with some speed. So uh, then that gives them the fourth line of Brendan Smith, uh, Derek Stefan, and Martin Natchez. Uh, Natchez is a guy that I really banked on being a stud this year. Uh, he had a good season last year. Uh, hasn't gone his way, but uh, Carolina is so deep that they are able to put him on the fourth line and get his production to produce, you know, a really deep bottom six. So he's certainly one to watch out for. He's usually really good against the Maple Leafs, uh, as we've seen in the past. Then let's go to the deep pairings. we got Slavin and D'Angelo, who's been, a, you know, those two have been a really good combination, and uh, they've played extremely well this year. Then Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. Pesci is one of my favorite defensemen league-wide. Uh, he's a stud on the back end. You know, he can play – both sides of the ice in the offensive zone and defensive zone, uh, just a definition of a total pro. And then we have Ethan Bear and Ian Cole, which I love the mix between the two because Bear has more freedom to roam offensively and, uh, you know, like I guess have more fun with the offensive game that he produces, where Ian Cole is more that veteran leadership uh, presence that he can, you know, be that safety blanket for Bear to go out and, uh, you know, provide some offense. Uh, the first power play unit, for the Canes is Vincent Trocek, Sebastian Ajo, and Marty Natchez, D'Angelo and Svechnikov. Obviously, if Tara Vinen does play today, uh, or tonight, sorry, uh, he will be replacing Natchez. And that line, that power play unit clicks. Like I said, since D'Angelo's returned, they're eighth in the league currently right now, but they are producing at a very rapid pace. So uh, the penalty kill unit, Jordan Stahl, Jesper Fast, Brett Pesci, and Brady Shea, that's as good as it gets in the National Hockey League. It's going to be tough to break them down. Uh, in terms of special teams, is there any uh, advantages you're going to be looking out for? Because uh, this is, you know, very well could be a playoff uh, series in the making down the road here. Carolina is, you know, the team to beat in the Metropolitan without a doubt. Yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree with that, man. I mean, you, you, you going over the lines and the power play, it just keeps backing up my statement of the Carolina Hurricanes are – 
if not the team to beat in the uh, the NHL this year. You know, it, it, it's insane. Like, I'm a very confident Leafs fan. I think the Leafs stretch right now is amazing. You know, you can say what you want about the games, but I saw 20 goals, four in three games. You know, this is a very good offensive Leafs team. You, got, you even have the bottom six producing. But you know what? Carolina being the matchup tonight, it kind of like, kind of humbles me, you know? Like, I got to like, make sure I understand that Carolina is going to probably be one of the biggest fights the Leafs have had in the past couple of weeks. I agree with that 100%. Uh, the bottom six battle is a talk I want to save for when we introduce our guest, who I think it is time to introduce Roscoe from the Leafs Late Night Podcast as Joe gets him on the show. Um, you know, we're going to go over some Freddie Anderson talk and Morazic getting the start tonight. Uh, let's dive into that first. Freddie Anderson is making his return to Scotiabank Arena. Roscoe, welcome to the show. Uh, he is, you know, one of the best goalies that we've seen in recent years. Uh, is there any personal attachment with him to you personally? Are you excited that he's coming back to Toronto? Uh, what's your initial thoughts on him playing, you know, uh, his yeah. former buddy, Matthews, uh, since the All-Star game break? And thank you for joining. Hey, good to be here. All right. So, uh, like I said, Freddie Anderson, uh, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, him making his return to Toronto? Man, I mean, playing in Toronto is tough. Like, it's, I don't want to say, like, we lost him because you got to kind of contextualize where we were at the end of the season last year. I mean, Campbell had been playing so well. Freddie had been hurt. He wasn't performing in the playoffs years before. I think between the media and the fan base turning on him, I don't think there was any way we could have brought him back and people would have been okay with it. So I think tonight is kind of like a, a good redemption for him. He's been playing fantastically in Carolina. I mean, they have a much better defense than he ever had in Toronto that he was playing behind. I mean, we're talking the years of uh, Ozhiganov and Marincin and Hainsey and Zaitsev and Gardner even. So, I mean, the guy's got an insane defensive core in front of him. So, I mean, I got to give him props for how well he's been playing this year, but I think it's it's going to be a, uh, a night for him to show off if he's he's really changed or if it's the, uh, the defense in front of him. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, uh, the decor he had here in Toronto was certainly uh, not what he's getting over there in Carolina. We already talked about Brett Pesci and uh, the decor they have from top to bottom. Ian Cole's a guy that, you know, I think is so underrated in the National Hockey League. But with that, let's go to our Toronto Maple Leafs. Peter Morazic is getting the start tonight, confirmed by Coach Sheldon Keefe. He is going against his former team in a chance of redemption himself. Tell me, do you like the move and how much confidence do you possess in Peter Morazic? I mean, I like the move, especially after Campbell had the uh, kind of the all-star break and everything. I mean, we saw how everybody was partying it up in Vegas. Maybe he needs a little more time off. <laughs> but uh, I just got a little shout-out to uh, Alex Hobson on Twitter who uh, pointed out that, I mean, Razik's only played against Ottawa, Detroit, Chicago, Arizona, and the Islanders this year. So this is the mm -hmm. first time he's playing against a playoff contending team. I mean, they're first place in their division, so they're more than a contending team. So yeah. I think it's going to be a big test to see if he's actually a 1B goalie or if it's just, you know, we're going to be giving Campbell nights off against bad teams. Like, how he performs tonight is going to be really 
it's going to determine whether we keep him in the offseason or not, I think, because at $3.8 million, like it's it's hard to justify keeping that, especially if you want to sign Jack to 5 or $5.5 million. Yeah, I agree with that. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, in terms of tonight, you know, Mrazic has been uh, impressing me in the past couple of weeks. You know, he's been put in the net a little more, give or take. You know, you still want Campbell to start. But, uh, yeah, I think both goalies going against their old clubs, I think it's a good redemption for both of them to say, you know, this is what you're kind of missing out on. You know, even though, as Roscoe said, the Leafs really didn't have a choice on whether to keep Anderson or not with everything that was going on, I still think Anderson has stuff to prove, and I still think Mrazic has stuff to prove to their old clubs. So I think in terms of the goaltending matchup, it'll be a really interesting one tonight. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, like I said, Freddie Anderson was probably my favorite lead for a lot of years. Um, But, you know, tonight is going to be interesting in a lot of ways, like we've talked about. But the thing with Mrazic on his side is, Although, um, you know, the competition he's played, you know, they haven't been very good teams. And uh, that's, you know, got to be taken into consideration. But uh, I remember he was talking in an interview. I can't recall the reporter exactly, but he said, you know, I've played better recently. And that was because of, you know, the consistency of playing. He's getting more game action more frequently. You know, we saw he played like two periods and then he was out for a month and came back and missed more time on that. Uh, he played like two games throughout the first half of the year, which... Uh, before the Christmas break, which, you know, that's not something management probably expected. Uh, but, you know, you can't really bail them out with that because Mrazic has had injury. Uh, he's had an injury riddled past. So they should have been aware of, you know, that was a serious uh, potential problem. And that's probably why he wasn't maintained uh, by Carolina. You know, he did post good numbers, but it was just his ability to stay healthy. So I think they should have, you know, planned a little bit better. Uh, I'm not giving them the bail on that, but Mrazic is going to get a chance tonight, and I love how you brought that point up, Roscoe. This is going to be a huge test for him to see uh, what we got here, and I certainly agree. This uh, 3.8 million cap hit he has is not justifiable as a backup goalie with how tight the Toronto Maple Leafs are with the cap. But with that, is there any notes for tonight's game or any advantages you see that the Leafs can capitalize on going against the team to beat from the Metropolitan? I mean, I think the thing to capitalize on here tonight is the fact that Carolina's down Teravine and Kotkaniemi. So, I mean, as, as tough as their defense is, like we've been talking about, I think the Leafs have a much better offense coming into the night. Um, I mean, unfortunately, we still have Muzzin out, so hopefully Sandine can continue the good streak he's been on. Um, I mean, Nylander and Tavares are both due for a big night after being held off in that New Jersey blowout. Uh, and I mean, if all else fails, Marner and Matthews are having the best streaks of their careers. So hopefully they can outscore any problems that they run into. But I think it's it's really going to come down to uh, the defense on Carolina. It could it has the potential to be a trap game if the Leafs can't get through that, especially with how well Freddie's playing on top of the defense. Yeah, uh, one thing that um, you know Carolina and going against Toronto that I'm looking at is I'm curious to see your opinion as an outside voice here to our show uh we've talked about it a couple times the maple leafs bottom six and this is something you know we i said look at the past stanley cup champions they are able to score more frequently from the bottom six than you know their competitors and that's what carolina could bring like i mentioned martin natchez on the fourth line he can score at any given point in the game you know he's he's a goal scorer we saw him, how many goals he scored against toronto in the past uh tell me are you confident with the Leafs bottom six 
uh, when healthy. So in terms of if you want to consider Nick Robertson, uh, Robertson as well. Oh, that's a tough one throwing Robertson in because I mean, I'd love to see him as part of this bottom six. I think like we've talked a lot on our show about, I mean, Richie and Engvall and just guys that have been really up and down. I mean, we haven't seen much up from Richie yet, but I think Engvall has been playing well lately. Um, I think Simmons has really just, I don't know if it's his age starting to show, but I don't think he's performing up to his own level this year. And Spets has really cooled off after the first month. So I see what you mean. Like I, I even looked into the score breakdown of uh, Carolina and I was surprised to see how much they get from the entire lineup. And that's just not something the Leafs are getting right now. So I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Dubas makes some move other than defense uh, that what people have been talking about, that he brings in somebody for the bottom six there. Because, yeah, I agree with you guys. I don't think they're getting the production that they need out of that. I think Comps and Kasha have been good, but outside of that, there's uh, there's not a lot of consistency there. Yeah, like we saw in the two games against New Jersey last week, and this was a point I made on my uh, little weekly solo episode yesterday. Uh, we saw, you know, Camp score. We saw Engvall score. We saw Spezza with two in back-to-back games. The bottom six, when it's on its game, like the Leafs are a different team. They have, you know, weapons from top to bottom. And in a playoff series, that's something where we've seen, you know, when the top goes quiet because they're getting the most attention uh, against, like, for the opposition, the bottom six hasn't really been able to put up. Like we saw Spezza, you know, Spezza has his yearly playoff, you know, where he's scoring and everybody talks about Spezza, but outside Spezza in the bottom six in the Leafs, like recent playoff years, we haven't really seen that. So do you have any concerns in terms of what happens in May in by this conversation? Um, a little bit. I, um, I mean, the way that this team's structured, obviously they're hoping that their top six outscores the problems or the downfalls of the bottom six, but I think you still need more than you're getting out of them. Um, I mean, we saw Richie and Simmons both scratch at different times this year. It, it is a concern, definitely. I think if Robertson was able to get healthy and play even a month before the playoffs, I think that would be a plus, but I just don't see it happening. I think he could even be moved at the deadline as a, a prospect piece. But um, I would like to see somebody brought in there, whether it's, I don't know if they can afford Claude Giroux, but you know somebody that is moving as a rental piece to the deadline. I hope we don't get Nick Foligno again, but I think it, it could be a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, one name, let's ask you uh, before we wrap up here. Uh, Riley Smith from the Vegas Golden Knights. Does that interest you? And the reason I'm bringing up Riley Smith is I know he has been a core guy with the Golden Knights since they joined the NHL, but uh, with Jack Eichel coming back, they are certainly – and the need to move cap space. And he seems to be like the piece to go because I don't think they're moving Marcia So or William Carlson. Uh, Riley Smith provides that ability to slide up and down your lineup, no matter if you want to put him on the third line, all the way up to the top line. If you want to put him on the top power play, uh, he can even play left and right wing. Uh, he doesn't provide much defensive depth, uh, you know, on that side of the puck, but he could, I guess, he's played on the penalty kill at certain times in his career. He's more known for his offensive threat, though. Uh, is that a name that you'd consider? Uh, it's funny. We were talking about who the Vegas Golden Knights were going to have to move in order to bring these guys off IR, and Riley Smith was the one that I brought up. Um, I think at $5 million, it would be tough to make it work. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's, it's prorated for the rest of the season, right? So they would only be paying for from the cap on. Um yeah, I think it would be a great addition. I mean, he's like you said, he's been there since 
really day one with uh, with the Knights. Yeah, yeah, I would say yes. It would be nice to see some some consistent scoring that can play, like you said, anywhere top nine basically, and you know add some depth to the power play because if anybody goes down, we've seen how thin the depth of this lineup is. Like as soon as someone gets injured, and how much scrambling they have to do with the lineup. So to be able to plug Riley Smith in on uh, either wing, say if you know Mara goes down again or if Bunting goes down, I think it, it would be nice to have. Yeah, what about you, Joe? Would uh, Riley Smith interest you if he was in the blue and white? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say yes. Like, I do believe the Leafs need a little more consistency, as Roscoe said in the bottom or in the top nine. Um, but, you know, I don't see that as the priority right now. I kind of see, like, our reliance on depth defensemen we need to work on more because we saw it in the playoffs, and we're seeing it right now without Jake Muzzin. So I do think the priority is kind of working on the blue line. But if if everything gets sorted out and you are looking for a consistent top nine forward, who what, what you said really appeases me is that he can play both wings. Uh, yeah, I definitely see Riley Smith being an option. Well, the last thing I want to get Rocco, uh, Roscoe's opinion on is he did mention Rasmus Sandin, and you just brought up the depth of the back. So uh, this uh, came back to my mind. Sandine has had a really good season. And in my opinion, I think he might be the most underrated performer this year. If you look at the uh, analytics, you know, he's no matter who his partner's been, he's had Dermot and him. They've been top five in uh, defensive analytics and even on the offensive side, which I found really surprising. Then they put him with Lilligren, who, you know, he's had that experience with uh, developing down with the Marlies. Uh, Sandine has had a really strong season. And I think even when he plays with Justin Hall, who has had the opposite of a good season, uh, even though I still have some faith in Hall and given, uh, you know, how much right-handed defenseman depth we have here, uh, Sandine has had a really strong season. Uh, what do you think as, you know, he's not going to be that number one here in Toronto, you know, we just extended Morgan Riley. So I don't think that's going to be a ceiling, but what would you see as his ceiling moving forward with the Maple Leafs? I mean, you'd have a second power play quarterback, which is nice. Um, you also have a little more depth offensively with your second pairing. Like, I mean, if they're able to get a shutdown person, like I was looking at, um, the Flyers actually in Travis Sandheim, which is a name that hasn't really been brought up because he's still signed for two more years. Like if you can bring in a shutdown pair for him and stick him on the second line, I think having that depth there just, and you start to look more like a playoff team where like when you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and you go through their whole lineup and go, oh wow, their third defensive pair is like amazing. You just want to have that feeling with the Leafs where everybody's good <laughs> And I think having uh, having Sandine develop as quickly as he has, I think just gives you a, a solid second pair offensive defenseman. Like his his offensive game has been great. He, all the uh, the centering passes I've seen him throw around, whether they go to somebody or not, like he he reads the ice really well, and uh, positioning is great. So I don't know. I think that's uh, like you said with Riley there, you can't really take that one spot. But I think being a solid number two offensive defenseman is amazing. Yeah, I love how you threw Sandheim in there. Uh, on my Twitter, I put out a few uh, weeks ago that I went total, total nerd mode and jotted down 50 names that I 
that I'm breaking down slowly as we approach the deadline, trying to make my little board that I'm going to have coming out on the website. And Sandheim was on there. And, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of Philadelphia Flyers games, but I love the fact he brought up Sandheim because his partner for most of this year, I think they're splitting up now, but it's been Justin Braun. And Justin Braun is, you know, he's up there in age. He's right-handed. He's physical. uh, He is on an expiring deal, so he's not going to cost that much. Tell me, would you be interested in Justin Braun? That's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, he's 34, but like you said, he's right-handed, and he's making less than our other Justin and Hall is. Like you said, I, I agree. He's having a very unfortunately bad season, and I think he's better than that, like we saw last year. Um, Braun as a partner to Sandine on that second pair and being able to play on the third if we need him to, I think that's a great pickup at 1.8 mil. Like, I think that fits in if they want to add more than just one defensive piece. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah, so uh, thank you for joining us here today. Uh, we hope you come on the show more often. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, I love your insight on the Leafs, and we look forward to more of you on our show. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I hope to be back. All right, thank you. Thank you, Roscoe. All right, so Joe, let's go wrap this episode up here with our pregame episode against the Carolina Hurricanes in what is going to be a stellar contest. Uh, you know, I t- said yesterday on my episode that after the All, like I, like I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a fan of the All Star Game. I was as a kid, but like now it's it's you know you get the four days off and it's, there's no hockey, and then the All Star Games, the only thing really, and uh although it was cool as a kid and like i said the draft was my favorite uh, all-star event i'm I'm hoping they change the format but this is when it gets exciting because now we are now in that back half back half of the season uh you know that final stretch here uh where we near the playoffs and this is where you're going to see the teams that are competing for stanley cup you're going to get the best from them night in night out uh like i said the Leafs have 21 days here they play 11 times in those 21 days Uh, The Carolina Hurricanes are actually going to play 40 games in about 80 days, which is insane for Carolina on the back half here. Uh, I expect a little bit of regression for the Carolina Hurricanes, but there is no doubt that this is a potential Eastern Conference final game tonight. And I told you I'm going bold with the Leafs this year. I think if they make it out of the first round, they're going to be tough to beat. So tell me, uh, if these guys were in a playoff series, uh, where would you look at Joe in terms of, you know, at the deadline providing something to level up against with them? Uh, yeah, honestly, going into the playoff stretch, if you want to like talk about pieces to add and pieces to get rid of, I would want, like I said earlier, another defenseman. I want the blue line to be more solidified because we have, and as Roscoe said earlier, even if we don't have the most consistent bottom six, the top six scores uh, to make up for it. But yeah, I would definitely want uh, a more solidified blue line, you know, whether we talk about uh, Braun or really anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we, we all know who I would want to take off that blue line, right? Yes, yes. We haven't even got to say the name. Yeah, so the blue line is definitely what I want to see the most work on. But uh, yeah, you know what? Even right now, I like the production all the forwards are giving us. You know, we've seen a bit of Spezza and Engvall in the past three games. So 
I, I'm liking it. All right, what's your score prediction for tonight's game? You know what? I've been like over a million on this, so uh, oh, we all have. If you look, yeah, back. but I've, I, I, I don't think I've even come close. I think I, I don't think I predicted the winner, so I'm gonna say tonight. I like I'm gonna say the Leafs will win. I, I feel like it'll be a lowish scoring game, like maybe like three two or four three, something close like that. But yeah, I'm gonna say four three for the Leafs. Four three. I'm gonna go two nothing Leafs. I think Moraza gets the shutout. I think it's going to come down to some stellar performance from both goaltenders. Uh, I think they're going to be, you know, having games of their seasons. Uh, I'm excited for it. I love goalie duels, and I think we're going to get one tonight. So I'm looking forward to 7 p.m. Uh, like I said, you know, before I ask you that last question before the score prediction, you know, this back half now is what always excites me. We're getting closer to the deadline. Uh, both teams are having compact schedules. Uh, it's, you know, fun for us as fans and, you know, people that cover the team because we have more content to produce, more mm -hmm. stuff to talk about. But for the players, it's a grind. So I'm hoping that both teams stay healthy because, uh, you know, you never want to see injuries uh, despite them being your opposition. And the Carolina Hurricanes are fun to watch. And the problem with Carolina, and this is what I want to end up uh, end off with here on today's episode, uh, is if you let Carolina play their system and play their game of, you know, like I said earlier, uh, on the four check and pucks in deep and, you know, the shots on goal. Uh, they're very tough to break down after that. Like once they get their goals, you know, it's tough. We saw what they did to the Leafs earlier on this year. Uh, it was not a blowout. I think the score is like four, nothing if I'm just remembering off the top of my head, but our four one, but they outclass the Leafs. Like they outclass the Leafs. They outwork them. They just produce way more. They looked so much stronger uh, their system was just running through Toronto. So I'm hoping that, you know, the season we've seen play out since that game, the Leafs have been a total different team. Uh, that's what I'm excited for. I think the structure of both teams now with how many games they both have under their belt is going to be a very intriguing matchup. And uh, I'm excited to see how Sheldon Keefe prepares the team for tonight. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for seven o'clock. So I think that's all from us. Do you agree, Joe? Or do you have anything else to add before we finish this pregame episode against the Carolina Hurricanes? You know what? I think in terms of the matchup, that's all I got to say. If I can say one thing, though, and it's something we've brought up many times, you keep asking me about my hot takes, and the answer I keep on giving is Austin Matthews for the Richard. And I just want to let it be known, he is climbing the ladder. He is climbing. And he had, Chris Kreider is also doing amazing, but I think Matthews is going to he's gonna catch up and he's going to start surpassing the top goal scorers soon enough. <laughs> yes i hope matthews wins the rocket that'd be awesome uh you know he's having a great season i have certainly no doubts about it but uh you know stick taps to marner for uh his you know recent stretch of games where he's been on fire he's shooting the puck at a rapid pace i love his game i'm hoping he keeps it up for tonight i think my score prediction at two nothing i think marner gets a goal and uh, I think the other one is going to be Matthews. Matthews will score against Freddie again. He's done it at the start of the year. He's going to do it again. So uh, that's all from us here today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, go Leafs go. We can't wait for tonight's game. It is going to be a good one. So make sure you tune into that one. We will have a post-game episode coming out sometime after the game, most likely on Tuesday or Wednesday as we preview the following game against the Calgary Flames. So that's all from us, folks. Thank you all for listening. Go Leafs go.